In today's parliamentary elections in Israel, results are too close to call between Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud party and the white and blue party of Benny Gans. Already second-guessing their campaigns, Netanyahu concedes that he probably should have held a rally in Wisconsin. <laughs> President Trump plans to revoke a waiver that allows California to set its own vehicle emission standards. Yeah! You tell him, Mr. President. Nobody tells Donald Trump how much toxic gas he can admit or emit. That was kind of the point of the joke. <laughs> he can't admit it either. A simulation mm-hmm. by Princeton University shows how a war between Russia and the U.S. would kill 34 million people in just 45 minutes, with the entire planet ultimately obliterated by a carpet of atomic bombs. You know, on second thought, maybe we should let Putin come to the G20 summit after all. I mean, really, what's it going to hurt? And finally, the New York Times reporter behind the now widely condemned article about Brett Kavanaugh also wrote an inappropriate tweet that stated, quote, having a penis thrust into your face at a drunken dorm party might seem like harmless fun, unquote. As a result of the tweet, the New York Times has seen twice as many requests for invitations for this year's Christmas party. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt, joined by the wonderful Chelsea Galicia. Hello there. And the almost as good as Chelsea, <laughs> Scott Moore. True. 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 Hi guys. Look, it's fair. Great to be here. We we both true. we both aspire to be somewhere near as good. Wow. But, uh, yes. We that's all we can do. Uh, Chelsea's very excited because yes. there's a topic that she wants to talk about. <laughs> we will get to it. Um, I wanted to. But so first of all, uh, Scott, you missed out on our fun last week where we talked about the uh, the debate, which mm-hmm. as as we stressed on that show was only one night. Right. And long one very long night. I'll I'll take one long night over two kind of long true, nights. True. It's still it's still like two less hours, I think, yeah. than we got for the last ones. And uh just to sort of let you chime in, what is sort of an overall feeling? Do you feel like good night for somebody, bad night for somebody? Just uh because I think people are still talking about that debate, which will tell you what's going on this week. Yeah, I I, I mean look, I, I think there were more fumbles made by Biden again it was there were a couple of times where I cringed listening to him just with his word salad kind of mess up a few things here and there and I was like Ugh. I thought Elizabeth Warren had a great night I actually thought Beto had a really good night too Beto I keep saying it wrong oh interesting. I think interesting. he had a good night because I think he he got back to being passionate about an issue and and um I I think he took a very big risk about the buyback program for guns and was very passionate about it and um so I thought he had a better night than it was sort of like the old before, you know, when he was running for, for the uh, Senate in Texas. So I think he had a better night. I think Julian Castro had a very bad night because I think he just looked like a mean girl when he attacked Biden. Well, he tried to go- um, he tried to gotcha Biden on something that he actually didn't, he didn't got him on. Right. Yeah. But it also just came across as just really mean and yeah. just it didn't it didn't look good. Um, but no, overall, I, I think at the end of the day, pretty much what we've seen is the same people are going to be kind of in the same position in the polls and everything so i don't think it was a game changer by any sense for anybody to really move too much mm-hmm. um from what they're already doing yeah um, but yeah i mean there there were there were definitely some people that had better nights than than others but 
overall, I don't think it's going to change the, the landscape too much. Uh, Chelsea, how much more entertaining would it have been if Marianne Williamson had been there? Oh, my gosh. On a scale of 1 to 10, like <laughs> a heartful 12. Yeah. He, would have, he would have DVR'd it and been watching it a few oh, times ever oh, since then. Just I to don't see. know about that. <laughs> it's, it's true. Can't even joke about uh, something yeah. that long. Uh, all right. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk about Iran. And uh, President Trump wants everybody to know that the U.S. is, quote, locked and loaded depending on verification of an attack on a Saudi oil field. Um, my first question is, obviously, it, we should always look out for the interests of our allies, allies <laughs> and the allies, by the way. Mm-hmm. But our allies, and also, uh, especially when oil's involved, obviously, that gets a little bit extra of our, t- our attention. Uh, I think... I'm just sort of, this is just sort of a general question I'll ask you first, Chelsea. If the response were exactly the same from a different president, would you feel any different than when you hear Donald Trump saying that he's ready for war? No, actually, this is, uh, it could be... Even if it was President Obama? Um, Yeah, because I think he had some hawkish... Sure. in his ear. I so. mean, look, you know, he I mean, let's never forget about uh, President Obama that when he's making jokes at the White House Correspondents Dinner, uh, the, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, you guys got to go kill bin Laden. All right, I'm going to go tell some jokes. I'll see you guys later. You know, I mean, and look, you, I, I kind of want a president that can make a hard decision like that, but uh, still laugh and make fun of Donald Trump. But the, the part that makes me nervous is the intelligence that's required to get word. Like, was it really around? Are we going to have a weapons okay, and, of mass and destruction I think this is an important issue? distinction. Intelligence as in uh, mental abilities or top secret? Which one do you <laughs> <Both>. mean? Because <laughs> really, I mean, yeah, it could go either it's way. It's a yeah. good question, but mm-hmm. it is, it's both. And the underlying agenda, like, you know, the Bush administration and Cheney had this whole underlying agenda of why they wanted to go um, to war in the, in the Middle East. And so they created the story of weapons of mass destruction, convinced the American public of it, and to a terrible result. So And convinced Congress of it. Um, yeah, let's not forget about that detail, too. Yeah, like yeah. They, um, yeah. And, and so that's, that's the scenario, in my mind, that comes up that makes me most nervous. Uh, Scott, you're uh, sort of a, a similar question. You know, you you hear this. Uh, do you feel like I, I really did almost say trumped up, and I I didn't mean it? <laughs> uh, do you feel like there's any possibility of sort of jumping to a conclusion because, like, yeah, you know, we're probably due for uh, for an armed conflict with Iran. You know, do you, and, and I just I don't mean for you personally. Mm. Do you feel like there's some of that going on in the White House? That- oh yeah, hundred percent. I think this is you know, kind of going what what you were saying, Chelsea. Is it's it's sort of the excuse to be able to go in and say, okay, now we're gonna go to war because of you know this drone attack with the with the oil facility in Saudi Arabia. And I also was really. Just kind of thrown by his tweet. I don't know when it was over the weekend, I think it was, where he said, we're going to wait for Saudi Arabia to confirm this, and then we'll yeah. decide whatever they think. I was oh, kind of like, uh, why are we deferring to Saudi Arabia on something? And we're involved, again, going into something that should not even involve us at this point. Uh, I think and that if... Especially because we don't have the oil excuse anymore. Right, exactly. I mean, he can say that we're independent now with our oil, but then on the same time, we're, we're going to go in an attack because of the oil situation. So it's, yeah, you, you can't have it both ways. Well, you know, not everybody has a Tesla, you know. I mean, I think that there, there's still there's still some need for oil. But my uh, to sort of backtrack we for have, a second. I mean, not through methods that I really like, but mm-hmm. we we have access to our own. 
Right. Well, yeah. I mean, so, I, I, but I, I think that that's a little bit more of a, of a finite amount. So we would still need other people's oil eventually. But you're right. We, you know, we could uh, we could tap into the reserves. I don't know how long uh, they would last us for, but uh, you know, I think that uh, that's one option. But I wanted to uh, just to go back to the idea that you know, if there was a war, any kind of actual where you would classify it as a war. Uh, how disappointed do you think John Bolton will be that this is when he got <laughs> oh, kicked out? Because, you know, look, all he's wanted his whole life oh, no. is to be in charge of a war. I mean, except for, you know, having to actually, you know, be involved in Vietnam. But other than that. that I, I mean, I was actually going to say that, that we are a little bit safer because Bolton's mm-hmm. not in the picture anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, and so, look, we, we've talked a lot about how there's a lot of, uh, you know, acting cabinet positions mm-hmm. in some cases it's like a, it, 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 this might be one where perhaps you both feel like maybe we're better off having somebody that's basically just a substitute teacher that's like look i'm just here to take attendance and uh you know uh, everybody just read quietly to themselves i don't i don't want to <laughs> make any waves uh, yeah i just don't know who has filled that vacuum that was left by trump probably well, and, just, and pompeo that's yeah. the and well, yeah, I would think not that. a big fan of pompeo either so it's not it's not much better but i do agree it's better not to have him there than than in there i've, I've never liked him going way back and then of course when he was in the the second bush administration you know that was well also you know i i i think that uh, we're being a little harsh on john bolton I, you tell me who in politics has a better mustache i don't think anybody <laughs> so you know look give him that you know what whatever you do you can't take that away from him that's so, true i mean you can read the emotions from that, yeah, from that's that true. mustache <laughs> he's got a frowny mustache right now because he's yeah you know, so I, I should assume that everyone in the audience and, and both of you uh, spent your day uh, glued to uh, Corey Lewandowski uh, tem- uh, testifying at uh, the uh, latest round of impeachment hearings. I, I, did you get, did, I, I did, did listen cl- to it you this morning? Listened to Not it the whole thing, but I did sure. listen to a good hour of it. Yeah. And was it a good hour? Yeah, it <laughs> okay. was a good hour. Yeah, well, look, yeah. I mean, he came ready to play. And he by did. that, I mean, you know, not give them what they wanted. Um, in Generally speaking, Chelsea, do you feel like it's it's worth continuing to go in on impeachment at, at this point and 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 there's sort of a follow up to that that we'll get to in a moment but d- you know the fact that we're having this latest round of hearings is do you think it's a good thing let me start with a simple question there do i think it's a good thing well i believe that congress has a job mm-hmm. and part of that job is oversight and that includes investigations even ones that some people think are annoying. Some people are like, Congress, do your job and pass some laws. Well, you know, House Democrats have tried. There's a whole holdup of bills on Mitch McConnell's desk. He's, you know, sworn himself to be the grim reaper of of any reasonable bill. So, you know, they're, they, they're, there's not much they can do on that front. They might as well do the rest of their job, which is the oversight. Investigations includes this one, sure enough. And I I think it creates a beautiful backdrop for the conversation that we're going to have about Elizabeth Warren and her Mm -hmm. anti-corruption agenda. Uh, I think that this just sort of demonstrates kind of beautifully what's what's what the worst case can happen that you can have an administration and people who um, who just don't don't cooperate, who obfuscate who you know hide things who admit i lied to the media i.e i lied to the american public and hey that's okay um i I think it creates actually a nice 
juxtaposition um, between the administration and and the the idea of democracy that Elizabeth Warren is uh, is going for in her corruption platform, I guess we can call it. Uh, Scott. Anti-corruption platform, Anti, yeah. I should call it. No, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, mm-hmm. there are plenty of people from both parties who have been a part of the corruption platform yes. for very long. Yes, yes, yes. We don't have the time to list everyone. Right. But, uh, so, uh, Scott, do you think if if it is this responsibility, should they also be like, look, not everyone in the House is focused on this. Let's show you some other stuff that we're actually doing. Do you think that could help? Because then you're not able to point like, well, there they go again with uh, with more uh, more impeachment hearings. You could do a picture, a tweet of all the bills. Yeah, do do the side by side split screen. Show them actually just know, sitting on it. Mitch McConnell's desk <laughs> and watch it sitting there yes, in, in live time. But no, I think um, kind of what Chelsea was saying is is it is, is true. Um, the problem is of the optics because we know going into it that they're going to stonewall everybody they bring in um, that they've asked to come in to, to hear uh, to the hearings is is going to stonewall and not do their job and it is very frustrating because you know it, it, it kind of goes back to even like Senate confirmation hearings you know you bring in somebody for an interview to be confirmed by the Senate whatever position uh, a president has brought forth and you just think okay they're going to say whatever they're going to say to look in the best light and then they're going to do their job and they're going to you know, do the things that we don't agree with. Um, it's kind of the same thing here. We know that we can bring the people in, but they're going to do everything in their power to avoid answering the real questions and the stonewall and to be difficult, um, which is very frustrating. And I wish, in, in a way, Democrats would grow a little bit more aggressive and just say, okay, you know, Lundowski's in contempt. Uh, you know, get impeachment hearings going for Wilbur Ross. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of other ones besides Trump that have done some very egregious things as well. Um, but I think it is very important because what they're setting up here now is if they don't do anything, is basically when a Democrat uh, president is in office, now they're going to be able to do the same thing and just be like, okay, we'll ignore all the subpoenas from Republican Congress. We won't go and do anything. And now you have you know irreparable harm to the separations of power and the checks on each uh, branch of government. And so it's a really bad scenario right now if they were to just let it go. And I feel in a way they should actually be more aggressive than less when it comes mm-hmm. to the situation because – it's just going to further deteriorate our, our democracy um, if they don't. Um, and I think they can definitely show a good side-by-side of the bills they've worked on that have been sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk, the things they're doing as well as doing uh, this impeachment inquiry. So, um, yeah, I think that they're capable of, of chewing gum and walking at the same time, and that's something they can show the American people. Well, I think that uh, you you know you can also look around and you probably find people who can neither chew gum nor walk. <laughs> you know, I don't know that they can do either one of those things. And you know, we're talking about sort of this stack of you know this inbox on mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell's desk, and it's interesting because uh, anytime he's asked, he will immediately say like, "Oh, you know, I mean, I could do something on gun control, but uh, this is really on Trump." You know what I mean? He's he's just like. Anybody they can pass the buck to, which mm-hmm. I guess, look, I guess that's part of being a politician mm-hmm. is like you blame everyone else and don't do any real work because all that can happen is if you do real work is you're going to disappoint people who vote for right. you. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but uh, I, I, I guess uh, there's no real uh, expectation of uh, – let's put it this way. Do you think Mitch McConnell will get anything done before just the end of this year? No. And I, and I can't believe that that mm-hmm. is – okay with people i don't right i don't understand did i not say that mitch mcconnell is the least popular the least favorable of all uh, uh, yeah how has mm-hmm. he kept his job for this well he just long? needs to, he what? just needs to be popular in kentucky right that's what i'm know? saying I mean, he needs to be as popular in kentucky and republicans know among 
his yes. own constituents. It's He's true. got a very low favorability rating. So what the F is going the, on? There, there was one poll that had Amy McGrath like a, a point apart from him right now, and 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 which is shocking in Kentucky. But um, no, it's true. He's he is. Not very popular. However, and, he, and he's, he's proudly the name. Grim Reaper mm-hmm. of the anti-corruption bill that the House already yeah. passed. Mm-hmm. Which you would think How? a guy who smokes as much as he does wouldn't invoke the Grim Reaper as quickly as he, I'm just saying. You know, yeah. I mean, but how how could you think it's a good look at all to say to proudly be about squashing any anti-corruption movement? Right, because he feels that his constituent doesn't care. I mean, he doesn't care, and Republicans are against it, so he can and, basically do whatever he wants. In all honesty, and, and this is not to single out where his constituents are from. I think no. that just a lot of senators would be like, "Yeah, you know what? This right. isn't this isn't a big issue for my constituents of any district." So I, I will say it's probably not a big issue for the people of Kentucky, but I don't uh, think it's a big it's issue just, for well, a I'm lot saying of others. Don't for, understand yeah. for Republic exactly. Yeah. I, I would still say it's Republican more than Democrats, though. And and you you also see a lot of independents that are, are supportive of. Of that as well. Yeah. So, uh, which is why the Democrats should mm-hmm. almost talk endlessly about nothing else but anti-corruption and use what's just happening around us mm-hmm. every day as demonstration of what happens if we leave things. So, unchecked. do you think that hearings like today feed into this anti-corruption movement? They can if the candidates. You know, put this into context because some people can just look at this as, oh, they're just they're still going after Trump mm-hmm. about the Mueller report. But if they change the context, no, this is the House doing their job. There is oversight. The reason that the founding fathers put oversight into the Constitution was to keep our democracy up and functioning and free from corruption. This show, so they just have to change the narrative around what people are saying, which is kind of what Trump is is really good at doing. But mm-hmm. it's it, it's not even changing the narrative. It's just bringing it into a larger lens than the one that a lot of people are looking at it through, which is that this is just about the Mueller investigation. No, this is about anti-corruption. This is about the health of our democracy, that this experiment at the moment of, of American democracy of self-governance is, is really not going that well, especially because, I mean, you can see statistically that even when a large number of Americans support something, it has the same 30% chance of becoming a law as something that's really unpopular, and that it depends just on how much lobbying, how much money gets thrown at candidates and and specific causes. So it, it's happening all around us already, but this is, every day we have an ops, opportunity to say, see, this is exactly what is going on. They just have to be able to call it what it is and stop focusing on like the the lens that's this big which is like the Mueller report and broaden out and see this is the corruption in all of government in all administrations we're just seeing it really egregiously in the Trump administration but this was going on in the Obama years, in the Bush years, everybody. But not much going on in there in the Clinton years. That was pretty uh, above board. You sure, know, there's sure, no Christian. questionable behavior <laughs> or any uh, any shady pardons or anything. So I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like it just started uh, right after that. Uh, well, speaking of uh, corruption, Chelsea uh, Elizabeth Warren has said her first priority as president would be ending government corruption. So why the heck has it taken it this long? So let me ask you uh, two. Well, the first question here is before. You you saw that headline where was she in terms of your favorites yeah. for candidate you're most excited about yeah. and did that change when you when you saw this headline well she had already for me eclipsed bernie in, in 
in the candidates that I prefer uh, for president. I, I, I still am not sure that she is going to be able to connect with the majority of Americans, which is why I, I still think it might be smartest for the Democrats to run a campaign of if um, if we win the Senate, that Elizabeth Warren will be the majority leader. Uh, that's not really a kind of campaign that, mm-hmm. that any party runs because it's voted on by the members. But, you know, we can make a good public campaign for it. And if Democrats were smart, they would take that and you know, Chuck Schumer would be like, yes, mm-hmm. I, will, I will gladly pass the baton to her. And so she may be more powerful there. Because could you imagine if Joe Biden tries to, you know, get a, uh, you know, somebody who's currently a gazillionaire from uh, an oil company trying to be the head of the EPA and what the confirmation hearings on that would look like? Elizabeth, that it just wouldn't happen because, you know, when Senate Majority Leader Elizabeth Warren's got to lead hearings on this person, it's not going to go well. You won't even nominate that person. I I don't think that... Biden would. Hopefully, I don't know. Right. I'm looking I would hope at you, Scott. Not. I know. <laughs> I would so that, it, no. that it would prevent corruption mm-hmm. just because you know that everything's got to go through her. Um, I don't know why it's taken so long. I'm, but I am excited now that she's saying it's her first priority. Maybe she's just been tuning into the show and she's the light bulb has gone off. She really her. feels like she can win you over, she and she's you. a little disappointed to hear this that you still want her to you know be something other than president. Uh, I mean, I would love for her yeah. to be president. The the part of me that's that's doesn't have faith in the American people mm-hmm. will se- we'll settle for her being Senate Majority Leader. What about vice president? Nope, 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 nope and nope. <laughs> all right. So you don't want her, you know, going to state funerals and nope. uh, all right. I mean, this could be her initiative. No, nope. you know? I, I, I still would like Pete Buttigieg for that yeah. gig. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I'm really um total agreement with you with that, Chelsea, because I do. I am concerned the same kind of thing that the American people are going to. There's, you know, it's it's almost. I don't want to say it's like a Hillary Clinton thing, but just the connection. It just it concerns me of just but, having the connection to um to her because I, I even watched her last week and I just thought I really really like her and and this article made me so excited I, I was so excited because it was such common sense too it was like such a great opportunity to really kind of clean the slate but I think are we going to get the independents are we going to get the people that we need are we going to get some of those Republicans over to vote for her and I, it, I'm just I'm nervous I mean I'm nervous about Biden as well but mm-hmm. there is that nervous factor as much as I love her and, and love her policies and love the fact that she's she's got really good plans and this is really a great start because like you've talked about for years at this point but like we've talked about that's the foundation to mm-hmm. getting everything else done mm-hmm. and if we can clean the slate and get that foundation going then we can start rebuilding all the other and, and she can do this, the, the country, a huge favor by just talking almost nothing about this, forcing Biden to get on board mm-hmm. at least so that if he does become president, that that's what the American public is expecting. That, you know, because Biden, all he has to, he'll, he'll sign it. Elizabeth will make sure that it, it, it gets done, <laughs> right? So um, that's, that's my hope. My hope is that this becomes, this eclipses health care as Americans primary concern. So you think that the next debate, they should spend the first 40 minutes talking about this instead oh of health care. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't explain to you how happy that would make me. I, 
I, I almost couldn't think well, of anything I, that would make me happier. But I, and I well, also, you know, for somebody who uh, just got engaged, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. I'm, I, I, you know, I think hopefully he would like to hear, well, I can think of something that might make you I happier. Mean, I was thinking in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm also happy he's not watching this because if he hears me say there's nothing yeah. that can make me as happy, he might be a little disappointed. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, that, that could be tied with this. That's all right. I mean, yes, tied. And I am really excited to be engaged to this man. Sure. So that just tells you how excited I would be for this this issue to take center stage and and you know to borrow a little sentiment from Marianne Williamson not just center stage but like center of our hearts and our consciousness I, I think that's where it belongs first Go ahead, and Scott. I'm saying that with a straight face. Well, no, good job. Even though Christian really wants to like <laughs> no. throw but, something at me, I, but I think the challenge, though, going forward, is to get the everyday American voter to be concerned about this and how it can be relatable to them. And that would be the challenge of the messaging to be able to say it's this important. This is why, so that people do think, oh, you know, more important than the the pocketbook issues of the day and healthcare. And the economy, and jobs, and and the environment, if and climate change, and you know, so that's the thing where I think would be the biggest challenge of getting well, that everyday if voter to understand that. Can that. Do it. it was a former special needs teacher and Harvard, you know, professor Elizabeth Warren can break things down and make Americans well, understand. To, to Scott's point, I mean, convincing people that it's important is like so. What's it, so? What's important to you? I don't mean either of you, but mm-hmm. to, as a voter, what, what's important to you? Yeah. So uh, gun control. Well, you know, uh, corruption mm-hmm. would be uh, something that is standing in. The way of that. Yes. What's important to you? Oh, uh, the environment, uh, emission standards. Yeah, that's corrupt. So you basically the fact that right. anything that is important to you is hindered by that. If you can, if you can, I don't know, you don't want to beat people over the head to get them to vote, but you know what? Maybe it'll help. Um, I do want to go back to something that Scott was saying, because it is something that I've thought. And you can say it's an unfair comparison to compare Elizabeth Warren to Hillary, but the optics... I think it's very easy to cast her in the same way if you're the opposition. You're able to say, like, you know, here's here's this woman that's scolding you about things. Listen mm-hmm. to the way her voice sounds. And, no, look, there, you can discredit what she's actually saying. And I, I think it's different than, you know, people who aren't polling as well, but uh, Tulsi Gabbard or Amy Klobuchar, and I know you don't like the way I say her name, but that's her name. But right that now. was actually the way you said no. it. I know, you said it right this time. You said it right this time, man. Yeah, Amy Kabuki. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I, I think it, and, and I, it's not about them practically as candidates, but were they candidates, you can't quite cast them the same way. And Elizabeth Warren is from that same a similar mold as Hillary. I do not see it. Well, How? I think that's probably because you like her. Well, and, but I didn't like Hillary. Right. But I, I, and I, I would say that the the similarities would work against her in a general election. Uh I'm imp- I, when we talked about the debate on Thursday, were you not surprised for me to say that it was a good night for her? Yes. I was very impressed by her. Mm-hmm. I know that she has support. When you see the sizes of the crowds that she's getting, it's very impressive because she doesn't have the budget to buy that many people to come. So that, <laughs> look, does anybody do that in politics? You know, how many people got free Latinos for Trump uh, T-shirts mm-hmm. yesterday in New Mexico? You know, and you know, like wrapped in a hundred with a hundred dollar bill wrapped inside of it. You know, do, do you think do, uh, how excited were they really to be there? Anyway, you know, so like these things happen. So I think that she is connecting with people in a way that I think I was quick to write her off, but I do think she has a lot of problems, and 
I don't know that she has convinced, you know, that, that video of her and her husband drinking a beer that people still talk about. And why do they still talk about it? Because it was just because it, it was cringeworthy. It, it was, was like the, the only thing that was worse was Kristen Gillibrand at a at a at that gay bar being gay rights. Like, yeah, that's a meme that I still see, you know, like that was that, it. that was all she did. She was just like, no one's talking yeah, to her. Yeah. And she's looking around and yeah. she's like, just try it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, 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 that's yeah. so, that's the only reason that Elizabeth Warren's video isn't the worst thing that I've seen this cycle is because of that one. And I don't – so I guess the – and, and I guess uh, Chelsea, because you don't see her that way. Let me ask Scott first. What do you think they can do to combat this? I mean, first of all, do you agree with my theory that whether it's it's fair or not – can she be painted with a similar brush as Hillary was? Oh, no, I think 100%. That's part of my concern. And also, they're going to paint the socialism, you know, brush and that she's so liberal. And, you know, again, again, that's my, my fear when but it comes to getting the... She doesn't use the socialism term. She's a for I, capitalism. I know. I agree with you. But the problem is that's how she'll be painted. And so those moderate Absolutely. Republican women that might be open to it or some of the independents that might be open to voting for her and some of the working class Republicans and or Obama voters that then voted for Trump in the upper Midwest may be reluctant to vote for her. So I, I get concerned about the same kind of issues that Hillary had, but also the fact that they're going to be pushing this this socialism, um, you know, liberal, extreme well, left Anti-corruption, that's not a socialist you, thing. But do you think that even if the nominee were Joe Biden or well, Bernie, obviously, but if Joe Biden were the nominee, would they also just not be like, oh, and this guy's a socialist, even though that, he's that not? That just doesn't make any sense yeah, at no, all. That, I, but would Joe realize he's not a socialist? Would he? <laughs> what? I'm just, it's just a simple question. Look, the guy's teeth fell out on national television, or they almost <laughs> fell out. Sorry, you know. So, uh, but although uh, his makeup looked better, it did. It did he, look, he looked very lean and, yeah. and, and very, you know, good. the lighting was better because the other debate, I was like, ooh. Like yeah. No, I mean, I think, look, I think the Biden campaign is like, uh, any way we could broadcast this in standard def instead of high def? <laughs> can we just put it on the records and then they can just play the records after? Uh, you know, we didn't even get to that when we talked about it on Thursday to put up. You know what, though? Here's the thing. By saying that you should put on the records for your kids at night, <laughs> I think he's just, you know, reaching out to hipsters because we know vinyl's back. Right, in. vinyl's back. It's vinyl's back. CD, so, so he's actually ahead yes, of the curve. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, Chelsea, you might agree, might disagree with the hypothesis, but how do you think, what do you think is the best way to portray Elizabeth Warren as someone that, you know, the, basically the specific voters that Scott's talking about? You have, I don't know, let, let's just say somewhere close to half the country is going to mm-hmm. vote for whoever's not Trump. Mm-hmm. But you still need to, you, you know, it's, if that's 45, 47%, you do still need more. So how do you get the other people who maybe voted for Trump last time, uh, maybe stayed home the last time, mm-hmm. how do people get excited? And I know she's not your choice, but how do people get excited for Elizabeth Warren were well, she to be the she nominee? She is my choice, but she's not my choice with my lack of faith in the American right, people. Right, right. But so, so, it, so it, to convince, if she's a nominee so and they I, need to I, convince people. Well, I would add too, like, okay, so what is your concern of the American people? Is it similar to that, mine, or what are your concern that they would not vote for her over Trump? I mean, does she need to go on? Them. Does she need to go on Jimmy Fallon and have a water balloon fight with him? I mean, do you think that that would help? I don't know. I just, I just, I, I don't know. There, there is. I think, I don't know if it's just comforting to a large number of people to to have a. Elder, experienced, white male there. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I thought I was going to sneeze. I know. I was like, are you going to cry? But, yeah. but my answer to your question. I'm, I'm crying for the white man. <laughs> you know, the, the Native American your... in the old commercial with the pollution where he has the one tear. That's yes. me. I'm crying. I'm like, oh, the poor white man. Anyway, what were you going to say? The answer to my question is flying this anti-corruption flag. There are videos from decades back of her, Elizabeth Warren talking about this kind of thing um, and consumer protection. It, it goes back, so it's not like a, it's a new thing. If Hillary were to have started talking about anti-corruption, there would be no history of her talking about it. You got Elizabeth Warren. Well, and- it's not in her best interest. Okay, <laughs> right. so, which is why I don't see how they're right. similar at all. Right. So I think, you know, getting those back from the you know, the uh, eight tracks that they're on, those old sound bites and video clips of Elizabeth Warren talking about corruption is enough to galvanize. I think independents are interested in anti-corruption. Mm-hmm. I know that there are some Republicans who are mm-hmm. interested in anti-corruption. There are a lot of Trump supporters who liked the whole uh, drain the swamp message that they thought was going to mm-hmm. be anti-corruption. Um, and people who thought that Trump couldn't be corrupted because of his money, which was a silly idea. But behind it, they were concerned about corruption. They were starting to see it. So I think that this one issue is enough to to garner a lot of votes from different um, corners of the electorate. So if you feel like if Democrats were able to make the point that President Trump did drain the swamp, but he and his friends were actually all standing there, so now no one can swim to get them away. I was just just thinking of that right now. So there you go. So that one's for free. Whoever wants to use that, you can go ahead and take that out uh, on the campaign trail. So uh, we we only have, uh, what, uh, how many more months until the uh, so thirteen and a half months until the election? Wow! Yeah, see yeah. now it's now it's like it's yeah, almost real. It's almost real. When it's actually twenty twenty, that's when it'll feel yes. like all right. Yeah, now it's. Uh, well, I think when those first uh, those first voters go in for the primaries. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, oh, those, like, okay, it's 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 happening now. Those what, those, those people in New Hampshire, that, the town of like eight people. Yes, we always yeah, have to see how Dixon, they vote. Um, yeah. Knob, not sure. Yeah, I see, I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm confusing it with uh, with Punxsutawney yes. Phil. Yeah, it's around the same time too. Yeah, well, it's like you know, how is Punxsutawney Phil, Punxsutawney Phil going to vote? That's that's, that's true. really what we need if to he see. Right. His shadow. Yes, it's well, another it's four more years yes. of Trump. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, what were you, you going to say? Something, Chelsea? I can't remember. Punxsutawney Phil uh, obviously supersedes uh, anything and everything. Uh, one of the things I did want to make sure we talked about today was. There uh, was a New York Times piece about Brett Kavanaugh. Now, this was a piece that was pushed to the opinion section, and it was not even the front of the opinion section. So uh, I think that it wasn't this... I don't know. I I don't like to use the term smoking gun anymore. But it it wasn't this bombshell, I think. But people are so desperate to grab at straws because they feel like the uh, the confirmation hearings for uh, Brett Kavanaugh over the summer didn't uh, you know we're we're not uh, on the up and up so they to have an opportunity to go back in uh, even though i guess the story was that uh, the the supposed witness 
didn't remember this happening. And I guess the Times then took that out of the story. And so it just ended up looking really bad for, uh, yes, for the New York Times, but for everybody's like, see, we have to, we have to Im- impeach Kavanaugh. And that ties into what I was talking about earlier. It's like, oh, it's just, so we're just going to go and try and impeach people. Uh, that's going to be what our focus is. So my first question for you, Chelsea, has a Supreme Court justice been impeached before? Oh, that's a good question. And, you know, should I ask Siri? And I think you should actually ask Scott. Scott would know. You Scott, know, that's actually not something that we cover in, in law school. Like the weird. history of, of the Supreme Court, as in, like, who's been impeached or not. Has I thought I there was, that. but now I maybe not. Or maybe, I, I would ask Siri. Whoa, oh, my gosh. Was, Listen to this. Ryan in, the booth, Ryan in the booth, who is furious that we didn't mm-hmm. lead off the show talking about how Bruce Springsteen <laughs> fell short of an EGOT at the, uh, the Emmy Awards. <laughs> but the, the, the show itself did get Yeah, but he, he's not an EGOT, and that's the key. What were you going to actually – what was the facts you were going to provide there us with? There was a Supreme Court justice impeached that's what I thought, yeah. in 1805. Right. Oh, I remember that. No, uh, so who – and this will be – this is a good uh, – this is a good conversation. You can act like all, all of our audience right now. Uh, what's the name of the Supreme Court justice who was impeached? Samuel Chase. Well, it's such a boring I, name. I, I have no idea. I know, it's, a great, it's a good Chase. name. It's a good name. He was good... chased out. Ah, look at you! It's a, it's, Christian is rubbing uh, off on it's, me. It's a good party conversation. Yeah, story, it's right? a well, you know, you to, well, as we all know, Samuel Chase. Yes. So, all right, so there's a precedent that they could do it. Um, do you think... This is another one of those. This is it's very similar to having impeachment hearings today and talking to court. No, no, no. in the sense okay. that the motivation seems to be like we're just going to keep trying to make this work. You know, we're convinced that there's something here, even though. And I, I mean, there was a, a very long series of tweets from I think it was from chuck grassley himself and just sort of explaining like you know these are things that were brought to us you know the new york times should have asked because you know we... sorry you know what i have to correct myself oh, oh no is it not samuel chase sorry i just read no, no no it was samuel chase so <laughs> yeah. this is what, actually this is what happened um it was the only time that there was an actual vote to impeach someone from uh, the supreme court and it fell short by two votes mm. okay. 16 yeah. of the 18 he votes was and sam he, what he was there for six yeah. more years <laughs> <laughs> and he served that i don't want to discourage you yes. for making <laughs> jokes but I think the more, Chelsea, the more yeah. the more Chelsea jokes, the better the show is. Anyway, well, that's all right, Ryan. That's a good. You know, it's it's, but it's the same kind of thing. You know, it's, it's like, like uh, Bill Clinton being impeached, but Johnson. not actually removed right. from office. Yeah. Right. So okay. So you know, it went on his permanent record. Yes. <laughs> and you know, I I don't know actually. I don't know how much. I feel like there was less money in politics back then. Uh yes, yes. there was very much less money <laughs> yeah. in politics back so. then. We should maybe even do a show that's that's dedicated to when, like this level of corruption that I'm talking about. Like when did it begin? It it, it has a certain time and it has a whole you know late 70s, early 80s. I mean, mm-hmm. this is I feel this like is probably whole... earlier than that, but it's a good question. I, I would I say earlier than that, but it started but this... getting worse in that, that time period. Yes, when you had Alec and the Koch well, brothers and all of this, the the idea, you know, Reagan said we have mm-hmm. to partner with business, right? And that was a, a permission for, for business to, to get way entrenched into um, administrations. And, and that's when the level of equality, income equality, wealth inequality, started getting very, very dramatic. Well, I, I think it's... <laughs> and a, when it, wages stopped. I mean, mm-hmm. I could go on and yeah. on. You could, yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like that that would seem to make sense. But it, it could also be earlier than that, you know? I mean, uh, who knows who knows what was going on during the New Deal, you know? I mean, we could really... Uh, 
you know, if if we do that show, by the way, it means it's a slow week. But like, <laughs> yeah, let's no, hope like, we have a slow week. Know, right? Wouldn't that be great? It would be that slow. Uh, so, but back to this, uh, these, this, it's not really a story. It's an opinion piece that it, it's like a researched mm-hmm. opinion piece that was in the New York Times. And I think that the, the New York Times doesn't look great from, from this story uh, because they're, they're definitely – they're starting to they're starting to play I'm not trying to say that I think the New York Times is fake news but they're starting to you know you're starting to see a couple of these stories where they've done it and the Washington Post have done it and where Trump's is able to point is like see I told you look what they did and this I think it, it it plays into that and I think that there should be a level of, of them being more careful. I think that that story f- that we actually didn't even get to a few weeks ago, where they had a they had a headline that uh, Trump urges unity, and then they changed the headline because people thought that the yeah, I don't know if it was their subscriber base or the the uh, you know the intelligentsia or whoever was like, no, nah, that's a little too nice to Trump. So they, mm-hmm. they he changed they changed the headline. I think uh, you know. So uh, do you think? Let me ask you first, Scott. Do you think that? Uh, that the New York Times and the media in particular sh- need to be a little bit more careful because they are playing into that narrative uh, ahead of a, a, a very, a very big uh, election year. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like, like we've talked about in the past. I think the, the 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 core issue now is that traditional newspapers and traditional media are are losing subscribers left and right, and um, not just politically, but just in general, and. They're up against the instantaneous things on social media and Twitter and other areas now where people are getting their news immediately. And instead of doing the type of vetting that they would have done in the past, they're just trying to get things out as quick as possible. Um, and, and so it is a risk. Um, and that is the thing is they do have to be careful as as we see a president that is purposely trying to undermine uh, the press and the freedom of the press. So they should be more careful but they're up against a lot of competition right now where people are trying to get the story out first. And, and that's, you know, in headlines and other things where people are able to communicate in a way that they weren't, you know, even 10 years ago, um, which goes back to the headlines, you know, the other month with uh, with that. And, and now you have subscribers being able to tweet them and write them and they're getting those messages where 10 or 15 years ago, you know, it'd be people calling in or, or, or sending or, an email. Or the letter to the editor. Or, even, you know, yes. If you go a little further back when you right. had to actually, you know, write, write out the, the letter, letter, mail it, mm-hmm. and they would hear, they would know what you thought at, at best three days later. But, you know? but I will say that, one, this was an opinion article and it was buried in the opinion section. So opinions are what they are. But two, I think it also brought up those issues again that happened last year during his confirmation. And you got all these Republicans to now bring it up again because you got Trump to, to tweet a bunch of things. You've got uh, uh, Mitch McConnell to tweet a bunch of things about it. Um, you see that it, it gets people upset again in Maine from Susan Collins' vote. And you see how quick that FBI investigation that was so easy to forget about because Trump asked for it to be very quick, like two two days. And yeah. you can only interview certain people. And it shows again, going back to what you're saying, Chelsea, the corruption and the ability of being able to shove this Supreme Court justice through without really adequate ability to really check his background and know what was going on. And then you have a very split party line of 50 to 48 vote for someone. So it, it was it, none of that looks good. And I think for a lot of independents, again, a lot of Democrats, even a lot of moderate Republican women especially, 
it brings up these issues again of how uncomfortable they were with the whole process of how this confirmation happened. Um, and so, yeah, I think the media needs to be careful, but I also think it also played exactly into the hands it needed to because it brought it back up into light again. And it's going to be a, a, a major issue into 2020 about not not only just about the media, but about, you know, the, the power of being able to appoint Supreme Court justices and how important this is going to be going forward. And uh, the fact that it really was done horribly uh, in this case. And again, he has a right to be impeached, too. And, and so Republicans should be careful because if Democrats get the Senate back and the things that come to light again, it, it's not going to happen now, obviously. But in the next couple of years, he could very easily be impeached and removed uh, from being a, a justice. Ooh, I don't know about using the word easily, but no, sure, no but I'm saying in the, in the, in the, no, I'm saying when Democrats take control. I'm not saying now. I'm saying in several years from now. Even when the Democrats take control, I still don't know if it would be, be easily. Easy. But but well, it, I, it, I, it, it becomes feasible. It becomes more feasible point. in the yeah. next. Like you know, I'm not saying right away. I'm saying in the next five, ten years, yeah. and more evidence comes out, and you actually have hearings that the ability of being and you get past this Trump toxicity, hopefully in the Republican Party, and people come back to. A little bit more, even though they'll be very separate, that you, you only need to peel away a couple of Republican votes if the, if the Democrats have the majority, and that you could see a possibility of having him removed. So I don't think this is the last you're going to hear about it. Um, and I, I do think that that whole incident last year, again, started a very dangerous scenario. Again, we're now... Mitch McConnell's changed the rules. You only need I mean, a bare, simple majority to get yeah. a Supreme Court justice on, which looks uh, really bad. I want to make sure, uh, Chelsea, you can uh, sort of react to what we're talking about here. You know, I, I mean, it, it, so we're talking about the the New York Times aspect of it. Were people too quick? And I'm talking about progressives, obviously, Democrats in particular, too quick to just pick this up and run with it. Be like, see, this proves our point when it actually didn't necessarily prove their point. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know because oh, I, I wasn't. In that train, I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll see how that shakes out. Right. I, I, I mean, I guess I didn't, I didn't see all the wave of everybody, you know, pointing to this as, as the smoking gun. But I think if, if we, sh- like Scott was saying, frame this in terms of corruption, this isn't just about Brett Kavanaugh and his bad behavior, although it is. This is about the wider process of how people are, are vetted and how we make sure that there is actual vetting going on. And let's not forget, well, maybe he would or would not have be, been nominated in the first place. Maybe it would have been Gorsuch that would have mm-hmm. been nominated for that place, for that spot. But the Gorsuch seat was, you know, corruptly taken. It, mm-hmm. the, the Constitution says that the Senate needs to hold confirmation hearings on a nominee. Obama nominated Merrick Garland and Mitch McConnell did not do that. That... For, for a party, for a country that wants to be very law in order and honor the Constitution, and I mean, that's all I hear a lot of Republicans. We, we, we need to read the Constitution and follow. If it's not in the Constitution, you can't do it. If it's in the Constitution, you have to do it. Well, I can't see any other example that's more clear of what's right. in the Constitution that they just elected conveniently not to follow. So we should not be forgetting that detail of the story that we may not even be talking about Brett Kavanaugh. Maybe. I don't I don't know. That's a no, but I mean, scene, but. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we are essentially out of time, and uh, I guess there's not that much to say about it. The thing that we didn't get to was 
the the basically the EPA is going to take away this waiver where states Cal- rights where, states where, well, where, where California states well, hang on a but also they're let not going to be able to let me just finish out <laughs> finish saying what it is yeah this idea that California can set its own emission standards and I believe uh, twelve other states and the District of Columbia also do that so it's not just California uh, it is of course the sort of thing that will be tied up in court mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not Donald Trump is reelected it would be long past the point where he is no longer in office. So uh, as as someone who lives in California and, you know, you can sort of see what the air quality looked like, uh, you know, just a, a couple decades ago. Uh, and the fact that, no, the air is not clean here. It is much cleaner than it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's for a good reason. Look, I mean, I grew up in sort of the whatever they call that, the the airspace. It's not the right term, but, uh, you know, near New York City. So it was mm-hmm. also strict emission standards there. And there's just some places that you need to have that. And so we're not going to really have the time to talk about it. But you got our reaction but, already. But right. we're, the, the consensus is it's not happening. It's not going to happen. And even we the can car, certainly talk about it next Automakers Tuesday. are not going to yeah. be happy about it either because now they're going to have to do two separate right. cars. Exactly. I mean, it's just it's stupid for them uh, to try to get away with that. Uh, that is uh, all of our time for this week. But uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Uh, until then, Chelsea, where can people find you? At Chelsea Glacier. And Scott? At SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And you can find me at Christian DMZ. And don't forget to follow the show at Trump Report ABTV. That's all the time. We'll see everybody next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 